Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer. I'm here with Justin LaVar and Raj Geary. It's Monday night, and the draft hasn't set yet, so all sorts of shenanigans are happening on Monday Night Raw, and we're going to talk all about it here. But guys, before we get into all the details, tell me about you. How was your weekend? How, how are you guys doing? Raj, I haven't heard from you yet. How was your weekend? It, it was good. It was, uh, we were up in the mountains. I was on the MLW thing on Thursday. Uh, so, uh, then got away for the, for the weekend and relaxed and, and now we're back. So. No, I, I was gonna say no rest, but you're getting to go to the mountains. You're getting to do all this fun stuff. Sounds like a good time. Uh, Justin, I know you're very busy as well as the football season continues to rock and roll. Yeah. Very busy with, uh, the fall football season and very busy with wrestling this Saturday. IWC wrestling that I work with, the International Wrestling Cartel. It's our, uh, I think, our 20th anniversary, 20th Super Indie Tournament. We, I retweeted a picture earlier from the account. You know, CM Punk and, and Colt Cabana and Chris Hero, Adam Cole just a few years ago. I mean, just just any, anybody who's anybody you can think of has been involved in this tournament. Uh, and I'm once again leading other man into this tournament this Saturday here in Pittsburgh. So super indie. Come out and see it if you can. Very cool to hear about that. And uh, if we're talking about stuff, I got uh, Defy Wrestling here in Los Angeles is coming by on Thursday. So we're all plugging our own stuff here. Uh, but <laughs> got to get the got to get the stuff in. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, some other wrestling companies that have been doing some some pretty solid numbers uh, as of late or interesting numbers, I should say. Uh, Friday uh, live WWE SmackDown season premiere drew an average of 2.147 million viewers on Fox, according to Nielsen via Showbuzz Daily. The number is down 4.66% from last week, uh, where they did night one of the draft, and the demo was a 0.52 <coughs> as opposed to Rampage across the street. There, they had 502 viewers on TNT, according to showbuzz daily that's down almost 20 percent from last week's rampage and uh drew a 0.17 in the key demo which is down 32 percent uh it seems like smackdown's rocking and rolling rampage though uh seems to still be dipping uh further and further down the rankings here uh any you know, Raj, you're my go-to ratings guru. Uh, what any any kind of feedback on this number? I mean, they they were up against a, a baseball game, so that would bring it down a little, but not as much as it was down. So I think what you're kind of seeing is Rampage kind of settling. Um, you know, they had a lot of big episodes, first episodes. You know, with CM Punk's first match, uh, you had Danielson wrestling, uh, but it has been a, a steady decline um, since, especially since that Punk episode, and. Um, yeah, I mean this was a this was a big drop. I mean we got the overnight numbers over the weekend, which we we, we posted on the site, but it was uh, it was a, it was a really big drop. Down, you know, down thirty two percent in the in the eighteen forty nine demo, on a point one seven. They were number fifteen in the demo. You know, just not that long ago they were number one. So, um, not not a good number. Um, and you know you had CM Punk wrestling. So, and then next week. Or this coming Friday, we got Rampage up against, at least for half of it, it's up against SmackDown on FS1. So, um, Tony Khan, he, he made some, uh, 
he made an interesting tweet at first about it, uh, basically saying, "We welcome the competition. We're we're happy to beat you guys." And I think uh, I think after he saw this number, he kind of uh, you know uh, walked it back a little bit. It's for and it's it's a half hour, right? This Friday that they're going to be. Yeah, so SmackDown's going to be two and a half hours um, on FS1, and then yeah, Rampage just a regular episode. There's no dynamite this wednesday so if they do do something big and decide to change their lineup and and, i mean they got a big match with the inner circle versus american top team and then cm punk versus matt seidel i mean i think we saw this past week just cm punk wrestling is not really that much of a ratings mover um i mean they could always change the match to something bigger but they don't have dynamite to plug that so they would they would have to do that online is this rampage live yeah it is yes so that'll help a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, you know, I've always said I'm not a huge ratings guy. And I always see these things like numbers up and down 3%, 4%. And I always think, eh, that's not a big deal. But, man, this number, 20% is a huge, a huge drop off. That has to be alerting some people. That that's, a, that's a big that's a big number. It's hard to not pretend that that's not a that, that can't be an issue. And yeah, Raj, to your point, knowing they're going to go head to head, I was really excited about this. But it feels like Rampage is kind of set up to get a knockout blow here uh, in the ratings in that first half hour next week. Yeah, I mean, you you got baseball that's going to be on this Friday, so you know, obviously SmackDown is going to be way down. It's on FS1. FS1 is a weak channel. Uh, so it, it, the last time they were on FS1, they did a little over a million viewers and a .30 in that demo. Uh, you know, again, FS1, you can't compare it to a USA or a TNT. It, it's 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 way down there, but it should in all uh, it should beat Rampage handily. You would think, mm-hmm. but um, you never know. You know, you, you never know if. Uh, they make some changes for Rampage this Friday, but I do think uh, it should be a SmackDown victory this week. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Because even with that, without, as you mentioned, Dynamite, even if they have something really big planned, no one will really know about it until it's too late. Um, right. Uh, unless Tony Khan goes on busted open like he does every week, and he, he drops some big like, you know. Got to tune in Friday. See who who see who's showing up. <laughs> hear hear that, Tony Khan. You got to go and bust it open and tell Justin specifically that that's when Bray Wyatt's debuting on Rampage. That's how you do it. Folks. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, so before we get into everything, I wanted to just thank everyone who is in the chat joining us as always. Haywood, Boza, Peter, Ricky. Tim, everyone who is currently on my screen, Invisible, but everyone else in the chat as well. Uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of the show. And thank you to everyone who listens to us on the podcast after we record, whether it be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Always appreciate you guys. If you have anything you want to put in there, uh, have us talk about, just hit us with one of those super chats and we'll make sure to get to you. Uh, but in the meantime, we have an episode of Raw and uh, we start off with Drew McIntyre and Big E kind of talking some smack to each other before the Usos come out. And uh, we get a tag team match uh, for later in the night. I thought this was a fun mixing of what Raw used to be versus what Raw is going to be. And then the Usos, I feel, are one of the most underappreciated parts of WWE lately. Justin, we'll start with you. How do you feel about the way this show opened up? Uh, I was okay with the opener. Um, I, I appreciated actually what Drew was saying to Big E about like, 
you know, acknowledging how he hasn't had his moment um, uh, in front of the fans, you know, because he he was champion, you know, during the uncertain times. Uh, they don't say the word pandemic, so I like I kind of appreciated like what was going on there. And then yeah, I mean the Usos coming out. I mean, uh, look, I'll, I'll always take all four of these guys in the ring. They're all, they're all super entertaining, super athletic. Um, it, it set the tone for what I figured this would be. This is kind of a it's not the it's not the go home show to Crown Jewel. It's one of these purgatory episodes before the draft takes effect the draft results Mm -hmm. takes effect so it's just kind of like okay what what can we just what's something simple and short short short-lived that we can do so that's 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 all it was to me i I didn't this whole the the whole night tonight was was kind of that tone for me was it uh and raj will go to you i don't know if maybe this is my perception but this episode all commentary about what we think of raw aside this one just felt weird like it felt like i don't know if it was the timing or the the way it was put together, but it felt like commercials were more often. It felt like matches were happening faster. It just, it felt off to me. Is it, was that just me or did you kind of get a feeling of that? Well, they were, um, there were only 4,000 tickets sold at that arena and it holds about 15,000. It's the the new arena in San Francisco. So it was a quiet crowd. And I think that kind of contributed to that, just that quiet atmosphere. It just never felt lively. It just, you know, it just felt kind of dead. Um, so I think that's part of it. And I, I, you know, I just think, you know, again, Biggie and Drew versus the Usos, I almost feel like you needed some sort of stakes for that match. I mean, just as a main event, it just wasn't a marquee enough match to make you want to commit to three hours, in my opinion. Yeah. Maybe put the titles on the line or something, something. especially if they weren't going to win anyways. But, uh, yeah, that watching this, it felt like I was watching main event in a lot of ways. Because maybe because of the crowd and because it was so dark and I don't know this 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 episode felt off to me, but um, it was nice to see you know Drew uh, do an opening and as he said, "Welcome to Monday Night Raw." It's cool to hear him say that because I know we're not going to keep him and uh, on Raw. And speaking of keeps, keeps is our sponsor this week, you guys. Uh, I know you know you don't keep a head of hair like this without something helping you out. That's why I go with keeps. Uh, something I like about Keeps is it's so simple. You can just go online, you can order it, and you get this uh, this uh, the packaging. It doesn't, it's not obvious, you know. So it's it's just very discreet is the word I'm looking for. But two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. So if you're not 35 years old and you're in the chat right now and you're looking at all the other fellas' names in the chat scrolling by, two out of three of you are going to have to deal with this. So two out of three of you should be looking into Keeps right now. Uh, keeps they keep offers simple stress-free uh, as a way to keep your hair they're convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications are delivered straight to your door every three months so you don't have to leave your home that's my favorite part the low cost treatments are just ten dollars per month and keeps offers generic versions discreet packaging and proven results keeps has more than has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors prevention is key treatment can take four to six months to see results so act fast if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss go to keeps.com slash inc to receive your first month of treatment for free that's keeps.com slash inc to get your first month free keeps.com slash inc first first treatment free how do you argue that I've been using it for for a long time now. I've been using it probably like six years, and uh, 
you know, again, this you don't want to wait, you know, until it's too late. You want to start, at, you know, if you notice the you're starting to lose your hair, act quickly, you know, because uh, the sooner you start, um, the less uh, the less of an effect it will have. Yeah, and I mean, Raj, your hair is just as, about as thick as it can it can be. Oh man, I'm this surprised. Is, I'm surprised is... that hat hat that hat doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> it's about to explode. <laughs> So yeah, definitely. Uh, I recommend everyone at least check them out. Like I said, it says two out of three people, uh, two out of three men, by the time they're thirty-five. So again, if you're in this chat, you probably are going to have to take a look at it. Anyways, do yourself a favor, get the first month free. Go to keeps.com/inc. Let's continue on with this show already. Uh, Xavier Woods versus Ricochet, King of the Ring. I thought this, for me, was probably the match of the night. Uh, I love this. I thought this was a – King of the Ring is such a great way to have two guys that maybe don't have a lot of singles match steam have a match that matters. And I don't know about you guys, uh, you know, and Raj, will start with you. It felt like Xavier Woods, he was fighting like this was his lifelong dream. Yeah, which almost makes me think he won't win it because of that. Because I think because he has been so public about wanting to win King of the Ring, I can see WWE, just for that reason, not having him win it. They, they love to do stuff like that. So, yeah, it's going to, you know, I was really hoping they were going to do Xavier versus Kofi. It's just something interesting, something different. Uh, obviously, they decided not, they did not go in that, that route. But um, that would have been something uh, interesting. And I feel like there just hasn't been much interesting, on you know, at least on this show. Yeah, I, I, I would have bet the farm they were going to have Kofi win it and then do Edge Christian part two, but mm-hmm. with the uh, but with the uh, New Day instead, where Xavier's jealous and then eventually they break apart. But yeah, there was a lot of ways you could have taken that. And I just felt like it would have just, you know, even last week when the Usos, when they were just drafted to, to SmackDown, it would have been way more interesting if they were drafted to Raw. And then you do some sort of storyline to eventually get them back on SmackDown. But at least then you got Roman pissed and the whole thing with Paul Heyman. But by just saying they're drafted to SmackDown, it, it, I don't know. You, you just miss a lot of good story you could tell there. Yeah. I will say for the, um, for the men's King of the Ring, I do feel like it at least feels a little bit more important than many of the previous attempts in the last decade. You know, and maybe it's just it's simple stuff, you know, updated graphics. I like the more updated modern staging they had with the two thrones uh, at the entrance ramp. Um, I don't know, you know, and, they, and it, it does feel like there's a little bit more oomph behind this one. Whether or not it's going to mean absolutely anything to whoever gets crowned, you know, <laughs> to be determined. But I do feel like this, you know, it does have a little bit of a fresh feel to it, uh, you know, a, 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 not a fresh, a, uh, a revitalized feel to it, which is nice. I think the timing's good, too, with it taking place in the sort of dead period between the draft and when it takes effect. I, thought the time, I think the timing's good. Uh, we go on from there. Uh, Matt Riddle challenged Omos, and Orton tells him, there's no plan. What are you doing, you, <laughs> you bozo? Uh, another RK Bro uh, segment. I liked it. It's fun. Not sure if there's any big takeaways from it, but do you guys have any commentary on just this backstage moment before we get the, to Mansoor and the Hurt Business and Ollie? The backstage is okay. These backstage with these two are just stupid, goofy, but they, they tend to, you know, I at least chuckle. This was okay. What they tried to uh, execute live in the ring later was just uh, garbage. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought as far as their segments go, this was, I couldn't tell if it's just starting to get old or if it was just this week. It was an off week, but I thought, uh, yeah, I just thought it, it just felt like we need to go somewhere with this because it's starting to feel a little uh, like they're dragging it out with, with Riddle and Randy Orton. The headphones feel like product placement, but they're not like selling the product. I don't know what brand those headphones are, but they, it feels like they go out of their way to show us the headphones every week. Uh, Mansoor and Ali, they have a match against the Hurt Business. Fast-paced, I thought. This was cool to see the Hurt Business get a much-needed win to build up momentum. And Ali and Mansoor seem to be done after the match. Um, who saw that coming? <laughs> but yeah. the Hurt Business gets a win. They're a tag team. That's good, right? Yeah, they are, but... Like they never were seen with Bobby tonight. Bobby's late, is seen later in the night by himself. So it's like they are the hurt business, but they aren't. Um, this Mansoor Ali stuff actually low key kind of one of the better, like consistently like attended to stories by WWE right now. Obviously, it's higher on the priority list. Obviously, I think you know leading towards you know the payoff match of these two uh, probably in Saudi uh, in a week and a half. So that's that's why it's remaining up there with consistency. But I. I'm okay with it. I mean, I guess it's, it, but especially Ali, very talented guy. So, I mean, yeah, he he needs to get a he needs to get a career victory after what's just been the last year, year and a half of you know failed retribution and just overall just you know pretty much flopping. I was going to give it to him, but you know, a, oh, sorry. Go uh, ahead. I was going to say there's there, there's just a fascinating what if Marvel what if storyline if Ali never got hurt uh, before that title push he was uh, gonna get i think it, going into elimination chamber years ago the one that kofi got uh if that never happened i think like there's a, a very different wwe universe today i don't think ollie would have been the world title match at wrestlemania even if you know even if uh he didn't get injured i think it, it, i mean it did look like at that time they were going with kevin owens obviously plans changed to kofi but yeah, if he didn't get injured, the Kofi thing probably wouldn't have happened. But I don't think Ali would have been in that title match. Yeah. But, uh, you, you know, you mentioned this match probably happening in Saudi Arabia. So that means Mansoor has got to win it. So, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, he's still undefeated over there, right? Um. Yeah, yeah. He beat Cesaro last time. He won the the greatest Royal Rumble. <laughs> so he's got a pretty he, good track record over there. Has he been on all of them, too? Um... I don't think the first one, right? Was the first yeah. one the Greatest Royal Rumble? I don't think so. I think that was the second one. The Greatest Royal Rumble was... I think it was the was, first one, right? It was April of 2018. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was, so I, was, the first I, was I was watching it from a delivery room when my son was being born. Uh, I think <laughs> that was the first one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched one of them while I was in uh, Costa Rica, which the Undertaker yeah. and Goldberg one. Yeah. Mm, that's worth stepping away from the beach for uh, <laughs> yeah. wrestling enthusiast says has there been a decline in sales or attendance at wwe events hosted in arenas that do vaccine checks tonight's raw was a vaccine required arena i mean that has to have an effect you know wwe they were in madison square garden uh, you know a few weeks ago and they didn't sell out I, but madison square garden they had the vaccine requirement and i gotta think if they didn't have it it would have sold out, even though they didn't sell out. They did their biggest SmackDown gate ever at that show. So, oh, wow. so yeah, they're raising the ticket prices. So even if they don't sell as many tickets, they're still making a lot of money on these shows. Anytime you make something more difficult, you're going to hurt uh, 
sales. And I, I don't mean to imply that you, you, if you have to provide any type of extra documentation for something, you're making, you're adding an extra step. It's going to affect sales. Even if it's on the internet and I have to plug in additional piece of information, it's going to make me go, ah, eh, maybe I don't need to buy this. You know, right. that's well, why what, Amazon's great. Cause you just click a button and it does it for you. But well, and, um, with the vaccine, like when they did the requirements at MSG, was it only for people who were 16 and older people that are eligible for the vaccine or yeah, I believe or 12 so. and older, whatever the number is that the age? yeah, yeah, 12 and over. And I, then I think, thought that 12 and under had to show a, a proof of a, you know a, a covid test like a negative covid test i, hmm. I could be wrong on that well and if that's the case that's a huge thing right there you gotta you gotta mm-hmm. make a point to take your child who's under 12 years old and go get them a covid test i mean that's not you know right yeah 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 it's not it's not the most convenient thing especially with the family with kids under 12 because the vaccine's not available for them yet they gotta really show up and want to chant new day rocks <laughs> <laughs> And they should want to. Uh, Shayna Baszler versus Dana Brooke in the Queen's Crown Tournament. Uh, Baszler steamrolled the competition and got a quick win over Dana Brooke. Uh, I like that she won with the knee instead of a usual finisher. I like that she kind of wins with whatever she she has available to her. This is the Shayna Baszler I loved on NXT. I was glad to see this result in the Queen's Crown Tournament. I hope she wins it all. Justin, uh, is Shayna Baszler the favorite? I think she is. You look at the brackets. I mean, she's up next against. Uh, not to jump ahead too much. She's up next against Dewdrop. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think whoever's winning is probably coming from that right side of the bracket. It's either Shayna, who they've seemed to get back behind uh, after her floundering for a little bit uh, on on the main roster, uh, or if they pull a total swerve, bro, then it will be yeah. Dewdrop, who's got a little bit of momentum. But I mean, it's going to be them up against. So we have what Carmella and I think Zelina on the other side. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, there's been no consistency with Zelina since she's she, she since she's returned. She's been as good as not. She's been as good as not being there for the most part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say Shane is probably the favorite here. Yeah. yeah. I, no, go ahead, Rush. Oh, I was going to agree. Yeah, I agree. I think Shayna, uh, she's got a little bit of momentum. They they're giving her something. I don't think you you have her lose to to Dewdrop or Zelina Vega or or Carmella right now. I think that would just really bring her down. Especially with the way the Dewdrop even won in advance, it was like a very like <laughs> a very a very cheap way to win for a babyface. Yeah, yeah. This if it kind of feels like the finals mm-hmm. are Dewdrop versus uh, Baszler, right? Like that feel like feels like the real finals because I can't imagine. Yeah, to your Justin, to your point, Zelina and Carmella, neither of them feel like they're on on a roll, but both Dewdrop and Baszler are. So yeah. But you uh, never know. Real quick, Issa, NYC Demon Diva, pointing out that she was at the live event in Puerto Rico a couple weeks ago, or last week. And in Puerto Rico, they did not allow kids at all, which she said, which was stupid. Wow. But it still sold well. Yeah, well, if it works. <laughs> this uh, man, Ra, gets bad luck with Monday Night Football. This this game looked like it was going to be a it was very one-sided at halftime. It just ended. The Ravens ended up winning, coming from behind. Uh, went into okay. overtime, so uh, that should affect the raw rating tomorrow. Yeah, uh, that'll be, it'll. Yeah, the the ratings for raw are very interesting, especially as dynamite creeps up. Uh, Charlotte Flair cuts a quick promo saying she's going to be the, uh, I guess, the most important person in her tag team match. Uh, and then we also get uh, Matt Riddle finally gets his match with Omos. Uh, Riddle thinks that Orton's going to save him, but he doesn't. Omos just 
beats the tar out of poor Matt Riddle, even kicks him in the face. Uh, I personally, I thought it was fun how this whole match ended uh, unfolded. Justin disagrees with me uh, based on what he said earlier. Uh, but Raj, I want you to be the tiebreaker. Was this was this fun or was this bad? I liked it. I, you know, I like seeing Omos doing his thing, and uh, I I thought. You know, he's he's still limited. He's still green. So for what he can do, I thought this was a, a good way to, to, you know, hide his weaknesses, show his strengths. I thought the kick looked good. Uh, it did drag on a little bit. but I, and, and, you know, some of this, the scripting of the, these promos and what they're saying just sucks. Um, but outside of that, I thought Omos looked good. He changed his outfit a little bit. He, he, looks, uh, he looks even more imposing than he did before, I thought. He doesn't yeah. have the big winter coat. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I thought, I thought he looked good. Yeah, yeah, and let me be clear. I, I, I like I'm a and I'm always a sucker for the next big guy project. I was on the Braun Strowman train. Uh, I was on the Braun Express before, way before it was a thing. Yeah. Like I, I, I like the big guys, and I especially like the big guys that we know are athletic that can do things that you know somebody who's seven foot can't. Uh, we haven't seen as much of it from almost, but he, I mean, he, he. He's not a great Kali. He is not just a fee-fi-fo-fum. I have shackles on my legs of movement. He he can move around, and I, and I think there's going to be a bright future for him if they continue the the protection with him that they have. My gripe is not so much the match. It's actually kind of a clever way to, like, okay, let's let Omos look strong. We have to protect him. He's not. We're not ready to beat him, of course. But it was the nonsense before. So the whole gimmick of, like, you know, <laughs> Riddle thinks it's another – another plan by it was just it is dragged it was so like i was watching people in the audience and it was just such a drag and mind you riddle and, and orton are like one of the most over acts that's on monday night like they they are like one of the fan favorites you know so that's not a good sign when i'm watching people that literally look like they were yawning or rolling their eyes You're like okay let's just get to it uh let's get randy out here and then the way they executed if they the way they shot it so they, they finally you know omos wins and then randy's music hits and, oh, oh, but AJ's not going to be fooled. He knows to turn around. Well, then he tells Omos, okay, you go cover this area where a wrestler normally runs in, you know, from the commentary desk angle. Omos goes out to the commentary desk gang, uh, you know, desk position. And then we cut to a close-up, and Orton still pops up. And it's like, well, where the hell did he come from? Did he come from under the ring? Like, did he come through the ring? Like, Undertaker? Like, it just, the whole thing, the way they shot it, the way they executed it, the way it dragged, it just didn't vibe. And I, I was just like, this is a big miss for what is supposed to be one of your top babyface acts and Riddle and Orton. I thought what they could have done to really add some some real tension to it, because it's been kind of a goofy rivalry. Uh, I thought they could have made it add some real seriousness to it with uh, when AJ said, wait, no, don't end the match. We're legally allowed to do whatever we want right now. And I think they could have really bruised up Riddle and made Aunt Randy Orton come out or do something a little more serious than just like one more move and then pinning him. Uh, I thought they, they had an opportunity there that I thought they kind of missed, but I kind of like Randy Orton coming out of nowhere in, in the RKO. But I, I, no, the I agree nowhere, with you, Jack. The, I, out, I, the out of nowhere would be fine if they didn't already go, aha, we know we need to cover the opposite side, not the entrance way. It's like, well, then where the hell did he come from? If you had both sides covered, where did he come from? I, I agree with you, Jack. I think they could have done something really dastardly, gotten a ton of heat, and just there's just so much goofy comedy on these shows. Do some yeah. stuff that's serious, you know, that really gets you invested in this yeah. feud. And I think they just opted for comedy, pretty much. Yeah, 
Uh, and then we have in the chat, Bear Hudson says, with rumors of Paige returning to wrestle, what is more exciting to watch, Paige versus Becky or Becky versus Lita, which could headline WrestleMania? Uh, I'll let you guys take that. Justin, which one do you think uh, is the bigger match? Um, I mean, I don't know if either is headlining a WrestleMania. I mean, like, Becky Lita's cool because anything with the Attitude Era uh, of, of nostalgia has a you know, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Page is page. You know, she had a Hollywood movie made about her that the Rock EP'd. So, um, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess Becky Lee again. I'm always going to guess. I'm going to go with nostalgia. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually go with Page and Becky, um, just because Becky is such a huge star, and I think Lita. I don't think she'd do a singles match like that now. You know, even at, at Evolution, she did a tag match. So, um, but yeah, I don't think either of those could headline a WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Paige wrestles again, I don't know if it's with WWE. Yeah, and there is that. Yeah. Um, and then we also have in the chat, uh, Brett Murphy says, Raw was okay, but enough of that. This Friday is my 30th birthday. Can I get an early shout-out? Happy birthday, Brett Murphy. Happy birthday, Brett. You're just a couple days before me. Dirty Brett, 30. Happy <laughs> birthday. How's your hair? Check out keeps.com. Yes. <laughs> Statistically, you got about five more years before <laughs> <laughs> Count down the days. Uh, and then uh, Peter says, uh, what do you guys think of AJ Lee's involvement with WoW? Do you think there are too many companies on national TV now? Uh, I think the more the better, personally. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, getting to that top level, um, that's going to be tough for all these companies to do. But as far as being in that secondary pool. Um, yeah, the more the merrier. I can't watch it all. It's too much for me. <clears throat> but um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, wow, they've come back like 27 times so far. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's really smart to get AJ Lee involved. It, it got them a lot of headlines. It got them a lot of buzz. Now, the only problem right now uh, is that all the top women are pretty much tied, you know, signed with WWE or AEW. Uh, so it's going to be outside of Tessa Blanchard. It's going to be a lot of people that are very green. Um, so that is one thing that's going to be tough for him. But and and also Impact Wrestling has been signing a, you know a lot of uh, you know former WWE stars. So I think it's going to be tough for them to get going. But um, you know as we've seen with Impact, there's you can you can last if you get a, a TV deal and and uh, there's a lot of different streaming options and stuff now. Yeah, it's always good for the business to have more options for the talent. Uh, it's crazy. Again, there are fewer people watching pro wrestling. You know, this is not the Attitude Era. You know, there are fewer people. It's just the fact that the fans spend more. Each individual fan is so much more invested. They, they, you know, wrestling manages to 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 pull every dollar, every cent <clears throat> out of them. Um, so yeah, and to to what Raj was saying, uh, this resurgence of Wow would have been a lot better if it could have happened before AEW, before NWA. Um, there, you know, the, the pool is thinning of, of women's talent, especially women's talent that have TV experience. Uh, there are more women, I think, than ever getting into pro wrestling because of the, uh, you know, the, the, the surge of women's wrestling in the last six, seven years and moving away from divas and just the, the, the sex appeal. But even still, while there is more interest, that doesn't necessarily mean there's more quality talent. And again, talent that have TV experience, and that has to be only can be taught via reps. And reps on TV means that you're trying things and people are seeing it. 
if it's taped, maybe you can try to cover some things up. But it, it is a, it is a tough go. But I agree. AJ Lee being involved, it's got a lot of headlines. If she was not involved, uh, we do not see half the headlines that we have seen in the last five days or week, whatever it's been. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that it'll be fun to see how that plays out. Uh, we had a moment here that I hope everyone enjoyed and should have been a big enough moment to make everyone say this was the best Raw we've ever seen in our lives. Drew and Big E had a mega powers handshake. Uh, I loved that little moment, even as for as little and silly as it was. They agreed to work together later tonight. But Lashley comes out and is like, dude, Goldberg wants to kill me. Why do you like this dude? But you can't kill the uh, the almighty. Uh, we also get a bit of Sasha saying she's going to win and Chucky watching Raw. A bunch of quick segments here, guys. Um, I, not really a lot of meat on the bone, but I thought they were entertaining enough. Uh, Raj, any, any thoughts on the mega power handshake or Lashley wondering why we're okay with Goldberg wanting to kill him? Uh I, I'm, I'm always a big fan of the mega power <laughs> handshake, but it does. Uh, uh, these guys aren't even close. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the Lashley and Goldberg, I think Lashley always looks like a, a million bucks out there. He looks like a superstar. Um, all the death stuff in Goldberg's promos, it's a, it's a little dark. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, it, but, you know, at the same time, Lashley did put his hands on his son and, you know, put him in the, the full nails in the, in the hurt locker or whatever he calls it right now. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. He'd be super pissed. It's a little dark for me, but, but you know, overall I, I like, I, I like this storyline. How crazy is that, that a handshake that was done <laughs> 32 years ago, uh, you know, <laughs> is, is that embedded in, in true wrestling fans mind? I mean, it's, it's no different than if, Somebody, if some tag team partner threw somebody else through a pane of glass, we would know exactly mm-hmm. what a you know uh, a homage that that is. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I mean it, that's they're far from the mega powers. The Goldberg I mean, is Goldberg bringing bringing his son to Saudi Arabia too? Is that what's happening? I've got to think he is. Yeah, Lord. I would think so. I would think sorry, so. Sorry, son. Make sure make sure you get the, your homework for uh, Thursday and Friday. I'm taking you to. Right. The Jetta. Right. <laughs> what an incredible like thing to tell. I'm gonna kill a man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Sorry you're I watch me commit to... murder overseas, so call uh, sick. I would love yeah. to be a fly on the wall of a school board meeting for whatever <laughs> school district <laughs> Gage Goldberg is in. But, but you know what what you brought up with the Mega Powers handshake? It's bringing up something from what is it? 30, that was like 88, 87, 88. So what is that? Like 30. Three years ago? 32, 33? Yeah, so that would be like in the 90s if they were bringing up references to stuff in the 60s. You know, like it it just shows like how much that stuff has endured from... Well, to be fair, there's a whole lot more documentation and archive of the stuff in the late 80s, you know, with the network and everything. Yeah. To to relive it. You you weren't reliving the 1960s territories (laughs) during the edits there. No, no, Uh, yeah, I was, and I was going to say, because you said they're not on the same level as the Mega Powers, but that's not a shot against them. I no, mean, no, that's, that's not a like, shot against them. That's like, that's like saying, this basketball player is good, but he's not Michael Jordan. So, <laughs> yeah. okay. And by the way, I called the Chucky stuff. I started saying when Lily was on every week, I was like, and then they started saying Chucky coming this fall. I was like, this is an obvious layup of cross-promotion. I will so. say, you called it a very long time ago, and you nailed it. And the fact that... Well, what does that say about me? We're talking about... <laughs> 
shit raw episodes, and here I am calling shots that early on. What does that say about me? It says you should be working with Vincent Mann on Monday Night Raw. What does that say about me? That's the case, Jack. So, so Chucky is now probably the only movie character, right? That's been on Raw and on Nitro. Yes, I think so. I was trying to. I saw you tweet that, and I was thinking it feels like there's got to be someone else. Like, but I guess RoboCop would be the only other movie character. And he was just WCW. And he was just WCW. Wait, and And, there's a bit another movie character like Shaft when Samuel Jackson was Shaft uh, on Raw before they had the A Team. Yeah, Uh, you know they. But yeah, the, this would be the only time like that I could think of that a character has been on Nitro and Raw. <clears throat> the Rick Rude of movie characters. <laughs> I guess as close as you're going to get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Jeff Hardy versus Austin Theory. Uh, great start for Austin Theory. Has a match with Jeff Hardy. And the 24-7 crew came through and I thought, oh, that means Austin Theory is not going to do very well. Uh, but he was able to withstand the 24-7 crew, gets a roll-up win, and I'm leaving this, and Raj, we'll start with you. I'm leaving this thing, and this is the difference between a Karrion Cross debut and an Austin Theory debut. Austin Theory gets a win, seems like someone who's going somewhere, versus Karrion Cross, where we were all scratching our heads. Absolutely. And for a minute there, it almost looked like they were going to have him lose. So, yeah, this is how you do it. You introduce a new act. You have him get a win. I don't like that they did the 24-7 stuff during this. I think it took away from it a little bit. You know, anytime you have the 24-7 stuff during a match, you're basically telling the audience that this match isn't that important. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I didn't like that part. I think the 24-7 stuff is just long overstated. It's welcome. It's got to go. It's not even funny anymore. Um, so I, but that being said, I thought it, it, they did a good job with Austin Theory, and he he looked like a star out there. Yeah, yeah, you know the twenty four seven title was one of those uh, emergency reactionary decisions to appease USA when things really started taking the dip to the level that we've been living at now for the last two years for the raw viewership. Uh, it needs to now be the emergency reactionary decision of let's stop this to salvage some segments because it's doing no favors but yeah i mean i guess they are just determined they are going i mean jeff hardy is over like rover he could be world champion tomorrow it doesn't feel like the hardcore loyal raw audience would bat an eye at that they'd be perfectly Mm -hmm. fine with it he's so over and they're determined to milk every bit of credibility out of him to rub it on to somebody else which i guess is fine because that's just i guess you know if you're not going to have him sit in catering if you're paying the guy and you're going to use him that's what you do get other guys over i mean i'm convinced at this point uh jack we could have you sign a wb contract and they'd have you be jeff hardy next week because they would just say well uh we're not jeff's not going to be here in a year from now so uh, get the farmer guy over i, I mean I, that's just what we do as long but, as i don't wear my gladiator outfit yeah. <laughs> they'll they'll make you but to, to your point justin yeah, absolutely he could still be a, a main eventer and roman reigns you know jeff hardy's moving to smackdown roman reigns needs opponents after this, uh, you know, after the draft, he's got just Drew McIntyre and Brock and no one else, you know, realistically on that side. Well, well, Maybe Sheamus, but... Um, well, did you catch them? They didn't make a big point of it, but they basically gave their hand that Survivor Series is going to be champions versus champions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they said, you know, whoever's whoever wins between Biggie and Drew is going to go up against Roman. So it's like, that's what they've reinvented Survivor Series. It's no longer... Uh, trusting teams of five, it's 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 basically bragging rights just redecorated. Yeah, with no stakes. 
So <laughs> with no stakes. Yeah, it's completely forgotten about the next day. They stop referencing it. You know, it's it's just become a pointless pay per view, and the ticket sales have been pretty slow for it. And I think it. it I don't think fans see Survivor Series anymore in that top four. I think Money in the Bank took its place a while ago. I've yeah. been saying that for years. Money yeah. in the Bank was number four. The last time someone cared about Survivor Series was when you had Brock versus Goldberg. The last time people really cared about a Survivor Series match, I'd say, was that year where they had that stipulation where as Cena's team wins, the authority has to disband and Sting made his debut. But I feel like since then, no one's really cared about a Survivor Series match. Maybe that year that NXT was involved a little bit, but that's that's about it. But, you know, real quick, not to sidebar us too much because we're on a pretty good pace, but think of Survivor Series. And mind you, I love, like, Survivor Series, it's, it's right around, it's, it falls on my birthday right around. I love it. It's my first WWE pay-per-view I ever went to live, Survivor Series 95. So I have a soft spot for Survivor Series. But think about the history of that show, the 30-plus year history. The majority of what define survivor series legacy and and like great moments has nothing to do with the premise of surviving teams right you know like i mean like uh, I, the first one i went to was 90 i mean like think of me you go through i i was at the 95 one brett versus diesel was the main event that's the first time that WWE ever did a table spot brett going through the table you know 97 montreal really? screw was that survivor series i thought that was the december pay-per-view nope survivor series 95 uh brett's Where on brett the one yeah, Brett won on the roll-up, the small package. And, but uh, the table spot was he's on the apron. Diesel goes, hits the ropes. Brett goes through. Uh, they never did a table spot before that, ever. Really? And never. They kind of huh. did. Where? Uh, Harley Race and Hulk Hogan were uh, Harley oh, on oh. Saturday night's main event. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> so. All right. So, so, gotcha, Justin. <laughs> First time in the decade of the 90s. The table yeah, but like a modern 90, table spot. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 you're right. 97, Montreal Screwjob. Um, you know, we, we go, th- go through the Survivor Series and think about all the things that we think about that are, had nothing to do with team. So I, I don't know. It's just funny that this. Right. The Undertaker's that, debut. Rock's yeah. debut wasn't a team match, but you don't think about. You you don't remember who the teams were. You just remember Brett, the Rock's debut. Brett's, Brett's return after his hiatus to go up against Austin, Montreal. Um, you know, and then, you know, but that Montreal. It just I don't know. You, you know, Rock and uh, Cena against the Miz and Archery. You know, just, <laughs> yeah. these are CM Punk. Or no, that's Money in the Bank. Never mind. That's yeah. Money in the Bank. Yeah, that's Money in the Bank. Uh, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I digress. I because I'm with you, Justin. I used to think that like I I loved the team thing as a kid, and and so. Uh, because back as a kid, I wasn't even thinking about how it played into the bigger picture. It's like, oh, my favorite guys are in one match. This is great. Yeah, uh, I mean, that was the only way you got to see like Hulk Hogan and the Big Boss Man wrestling each other, even though it wasn't one on one outside of going to a live live event. So, yeah. um, but it, nowadays, I feel like it's the football equivalent of the draft, where you're like, okay, this is an exciting moment, but then it's going to be nothing for months until they come back with Royal Rumble. Much like with football, you have the draft, and then it's like nothing until preseason starts or something. Um, yeah, that's how it feels to me. But I think they just they should just swap money in the bank with Survivor Series. Get rid of Survivor Series at that at this point because yep. the five on five doesn't really do. You know, and look, Survivor Series '89 was the first pay per view that I bought. And like me and a buddy of mine, we went wash cars to earn the money <laughs> so we could give it to my parents to buy the pay per view. So I, ni- I always have a fond. Nineteen ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine. It was nineteen ninety nine back then. Or it, it might have just jumped up. Yeah, I think it was still 1999, but that was still like five cars we had to wash. <laughs> right, and then you're like, that's so expensive. Come on, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, now it is with now Peacock. It's five yeah. bucks a month. I will say, final sidebar. I uh, I didn't realize just how valuable having the network was until AEW started doing shows. I'm like, geez, I gotta pay how much for this show? <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to see the show, but sixty bucks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so Bianca's backstage. She says she's gonna be the the best woman in their match tonight. Uh, and then we get to Jinder versus Kofi. And uh, I thought I was shocked that Jinder got a pretty about as clean of a win as you're going to expect from a guy who doesn't win very often beating Kofi Kingston. Uh, and now it looks like the final four are Woods versus Mahal and Balor versus Zayn uh, for the, the King of the Ring. For, well, first off, Raj, correct me here. Uh, so Zayn's in the final four. Isn't in real life shoot talker? Isn't he like, I'm not going to Saudi? He's not allowed in Saudi. Yeah, like they don't because uh, he's, he's Syrian. Syrian. Yeah, yeah. and their political conflict or whatever, whatever. So he was never allowed to go. That's an interesting choice. Then, I mean, I know we're blurring, you know, TV booking to real life. That's just an interesting choice to even put him this far into something that's culminating at right. this location. Yeah. yeah. So you got to think it's going to be Finn and probably Gender because they like to do the the heel versus babyface. Yeah. So. And I got to think, I can't see Finn walking around with the crown. I think it, you know, it's kind of hurts him to have yeah. that with that look. So, I, and, you know, gender, the Maharaja means king. So, yeah, that makes sense. The more, as you say that, it makes total sense to me because Balor would seem, it was, he's, he's like a cool person. And yeah. the king is kind of a silly bit to have. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had a, a baby face win since. I think Edge way back in the day. Um, I can't remember if Edge was a heel or a babyface when he won, but it's been a long time. Yeah, so I, I like the idea of a King Gender though. That sounds cool. It gives uh, him something. Yeah. Stellar Justin Lopez says people forget they were going to scrap the pay per view in 09, but fans got upset and they decided to keep it. Yeah, that was Vince was saying back then. He thought the concept was outdated. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you know they what? were really looking at getting rid of it. There was a strong consideration. Should listen to his gut. Yeah, maybe that Vince guy's wait. on something. They should listen to him more. Uh, wait, was it? <laughs> wait, no, no, it was too early. What was the year that it was? Um, what was the year that it was the Wade Barrett Nexus and they had Cena? Like, what was, was that? Twenty ten. That would have been twenty ten. Yeah. Okay. What was 09? 09 would have been. What was oh nine? Who was champion in 09? I don't remember. Probably Cena. Cena, Orton in in that mix. That's your safe bet right there. (laughs) That's like saying who won the Super Bowl in 09? Probably Tom Brady. Probably the Patriots. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Uh, Yeah, I don't remember offhand, but uh, I like the style of match. I just don't think it needs to be a big thing. It can just be like every now and again they do a uh, edge was facing 01. Yeah. So Edge was a face no one. So we're going back 20 years to the last time a babyface won King of the Ring. Yeah. Um, Becky Lynch says she's going to be the best person in her match. And uh, oh, HBK versus Cena versus Triple H. So people pointing out that the 09 was Cena versus Triple H versus HBK. Wow, that's a stacked main event. Wasn't that WrestleMania too? Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of. That's a stacked main event in, in my hometown, and I completely forgot about it. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, Becky Lynch is going to be the best. Uh, that's what she says backstage before we get to Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks mm-hmm. teaming up against Becky versus and Flair. It's a brawl before the commercial break. They eventually get them together. They fight for a little bit before uh, Bianca costs her team because she attacks her partner. Um, my takeaway from this, and uh, I guess uh, Justin, we'll start. I want to ask you, talk to you about this. Uh, Banks seem to be the like just the feel good story of WWE for like about a year for the past year. But then SummerSlam came, and I feel like she's taken an NL every single week since SummerSlam. Like she can't catch a break. Sasha? Uh, I'm sorry, Bianca. Yeah, Bianca uh, yeah, no, Bianca's momentum is certainly. You know, Sasha's had these um, <laughs> periods of time where she disappears, and there's all kinds of reckless speculation of why. Uh, right. Yeah, but since SummerSlam, you're right. Bianca has not had the, the momentum has been halted. This whole thing, this whole tag match, this whole coexist. I, I joked about it on Twitter with you guys. Yeah. Why? What's the matter? Why does Becky and Charlotte need to coexist? Right. Why does Sasha and Bianca? Why? Why do they need to win this match? What the what the f is the purpose of them winning this match? It has no stakes. It has no meaning. It has no pr- progression to any of the challengers' quest for the titles. It, it, like why? What does it matter? Why do we need to see them coexist in this situation? Because Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville uh, played Russian roulette and decided that would be fun. Like it, it, it make it, it it is such a uh, you know the tie our Survivor Series talk of outdatedness. It's such a rest on our laurels of what is interesting to just put a whole bunch of names together no it doesn't work doesn't matter this was some of the least interesting stuff on raw tonight and that's saying something yeah because it's it's star power pack like all four of them are big names and i did not care and i I like all four of these women i'm all for women's revolution i'm all for all four of these women from for the most part and i could have i i couldn't wait for this to get off my tv because i was just so bored by it and yeah, I mean, to your point, Jack, these are like probably the four biggest women stars today, mm-hmm. you know, in, in this one match. I, I think the other one would be Britt Baker. Um, but he, to, to Justin's point, it does, yeah, well, why are they being forced to team together? They do this all the time. I mean, you know, the the two people that are going to wrestle in the title match, they always have force them to team. And yeah, I mean, we, we did that in the main event with Drew and, and Big E. Um yeah, I couldn't care less, but I hate when they restart a match and then it ends in a no contest anyway. It's mm-hmm. just it, it, it's just a waste of time. And then the main event, they you know, it ended in a DQ. It's just, it's just again a waste of time. The uh, I guess the point I was trying to make with Bianca Belair too is not only is she getting she's always left lane and beat up, but the camera's never even on her. It's always on Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. Like she's an afterthought in the whole thing, which. It's crazy to me because she was like this huge star, like the next big thing. And now they're like, yeah, 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 whatever. She's beat up in the corner. Let's look at the other two who we've already had on TV a million times. I mean, I like the other two. I like everyone else, but I don't know. I just, uh, I don't like seeing Bianca Belair get beat up all the time and left uh, without getting TV time. Well, she's got TV time, but you know what I mean. Yeah, which which might mean that she's winning the title. That's true, too. <laughs> That's very true. Uh Speaking of winning titles, uh, Dewdrop versus uh, Natalia. Dewdrop gets a competitive yet quick win uh, over Natalia, and now she's going to face Shayna Baszler. This is a match we, we kind of talked about a little bit, but just to 
quickly get to it. It looks like it's Carmella and Zelina versus, or Carmella and Zelina on one side, do drop Shayna Baszler on the other side. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, we, we, we talked we talk about it a little bit, but any final thoughts on that part, this women's? I'll just say this. If you watch the match with Natty and Dewdrop, uh, so obviously Dewdrop wins via a roll-up on Natty, so nothing decisive, but it's just a clean baby face kind of, you know, dumb luck, right place, right time. Watch this match back. Natty made Dewdrop earn this roll-up victory. Natty was not going to just be the veteran who loses via banana peel and you know la da here we go natty laid some shit in and if you watch it go back and watch and watch you know and she's being a professional it's not you know but if you watch what she's saying talking to, in, in character she made dewdrop earn that uh, if you watch it you'll know what i'm talking about it's kind of fun yeah uh dewdrop you know I've, i say this every week as long as she has that name you know it's going to be hard to to reach that next level and she's talented but with that name that music and the expression she's making uh, this gimmick is just doa it's it's killing her and she's so good she's so talented that she just needs to drop it she she needs to find a way to get out of it who do you guys predict goes to the finals dewdrop or uh baszler i'm team baszler all the way i think baszler shayna yeah i think shayna wins the whole thing yeah uh after that, we get a, a couple quick promos backstage. Uh, Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley see Morrison tapping into his chi wearing a Canadian tuxedo while Austin Theory gets a selfie with Big E, which statistically means he's going to beat Big E in a match uh, the following week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, two other things, probably inconsequential. Also, uh, Ali and Mansoor broke up. I think we all saw that coming. It was pretty. That was a pretty brutal backstage. We, we backstage beatdowns like that don't happen that much in WWE anymore. That was actually pretty brutal. The way, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, he laid it in. Um, so Deadpool party noting two thousand nine. It was Team Team Miz versus Team Morrison at the Survivor Series. So okay. more things change. History yeah. Books. So the Miz was a uh, Aladdin, or no, uh, the genie, the genie, the genie on tonight. Dancing with the Stars tonight. Did he win? I, I don't watch that. So I don't know exactly how it works. Did he stay? Like, they kick off one. Jack, week. I do not believe that you don't watch Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, <laughs> I have a hard time with that. You look like you'd <laughs> be the trained dancer that yeah. gets paired with Nikki uh, Bella. I'm gonna I'm gonna dress like the genie and watch it later. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but um, to the point about Ali and Mansoor, I was gonna give Mansoor a lot of credit because he's been playing this role very well. It's I think it's hard to be the like it's it's one thing to be the guy like, is like like Ali where you're the negative one and like this isn't going to work but it's got to be hard to be the guy who's like no we can make this work knowing you, you know playing that character it's got to be tough I think he's doing a pretty good job of it uh, and I I think he's done a I think he's done well with this and it's been a good way to get him ingratiated in with the American fans uh, since his undefeated streak in Saudi Arabia yeah. I- yeah, I mean, it's. It, I actually like the tag team of Ali and, and Mansoor, and I like the kind of fun dynamic of, like, they come out, Mansoor loves to be playful to the crowd, Ali's telling him to stop it. Like, I don't know, I was fine with that. I I, I don't know what it's going to take for them to, to, you know, WWE has done a very good job in the grand scheme of, like, you know, more women's wrestling and uh, more, you know, 
black champions and, and expanding the diversity. I, I don't know what it's going to take with the criticism that surrounds the situation with the Saudi shows. I don't know what it's going to take for them to get away from, oh, they're just doing this because this is a Saudi show booking payoff. Mm-hmm. Because we're gonna have us that, that that's what I'm trying to get. At. It's like the talent could be really talented, but it's hard to. They have more work to do to get away from that. Yeah. If, if that makes sense, I don't know. Yeah, because Ali and Mansoor would probably not be on a different another pay per view. Right, I, right. And I'm sorry, Jack. Real quick. Yeah. yeah, these these Saudi shows are they they get WrestleMania production value. Uh, they make more money than Manias do. So to to, to translate what Raja's saying this Ali Mansoor payoff for their little kerfuffle would not be semi-maining a Wrestlemania in the states but it's going to be a semi-main at the Saudi show and right. we need to find a way to, 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 to eliminate that gap I, th- I was going to say I think it's a little unfair in this case though because this is a story that's been building up for months now and if this was someone going to their hometown in the States, we'd say, yeah, they should be on the show. They should get a chance to do this. But, I, I, so I, it, I, I feel like it's but, a little unfair in some ways. But it's not just them. I mean, it's, you know, Dewdrop and Eva. They, they had their storyline going for months and they broke them up and they just had matches on TV. Um, how often do we see that? The you know, Hurt Business broke up and they just had TV matches and not pay-per-view. Uh they do that all the time. Miz and Morrison was supposed to be a TV match until Dancing with the Stars happened. So that's just that's just what they do. Unless you're the top guys, uh, it's hard to get those pay-per-view spots. Yeah, it's true. It's fair. But uh, we as fans, I guess is what I'm saying, we wouldn't give it a hard time if it was someone else going to their home. T- like if it was going to New York and Zelina was going to have a big break-off match and they said, we're going to save it for the New York show. We would say, oh, that's great. As opposed to this situation, which I think is, I mean, I, I get it. But at the same time, I think that sometimes we overthink it. In uh, Zelina, I mean, in, in those cases, when someone does go to their hometown, WWE will usually beat them. <laughs> right, right. That's, Zelina, that's Zelina spoke at a 9-11 memoriam event and then yeah. lost. <laughs> No, she, she wasn't even on the show. Or, yeah, it wasn't even on. Sorry, yeah, it wasn't. She was supposed hours. to be on, and they cut. They cut her out. Eight hours later, she's cut. I mean, what, I mean, yeah, that was a shame. Yeah, and I've and I've had people in WWE kind of flippantly say this to me, in, in joking manner. So I don't know how much like knowledge is behind what they're saying to me. But, I, but I've had people in WWE, and Raj probably has too, had flippantly say to me. Vince and, and the powers to be like to just control the audience. They like to like, ha ha, like almost playing like a little joke. Like, oh, the hometown person, ha ha, they're going to lose tonight. Like, which, you know, when you look at the flip side on the AEW, the way that they like, oh, we're coming to Pittsburgh? Britain Wardlow, you are going to be a number. You know, I mean, they, right. they make a point to like drive their ticket sales, you know, to the, to whoever the hometown uh, Star it, it and have them so win. And you have know, them win. I, I, I think it's been a thing for Vince. I, it, really, where I noticed it started was uh, Survivor Series '97. Ever since Brett in Montreal, <laughs> Brett not wanting to lose in his hometown. Ever since then, ninety percent of the time, you get humiliated in your hometown or beat. 
unless you're a Steve Austin or <laughs> Undertaker, you're getting beat in your hometown. Yeah. It, but because even uh, speaking on the flip side, by the way, even when you look at like Brian Pillman Jr., who lost in his hometown, or he, he got he didn't he didn't exactly get the win in his hometown because uh, MJF was saying all these mean things to him, and I think he beat him in Cincinnati. But uh, yeah, he he got the win that following Friday on Rampage. He did well, Vince, we have Dean Ambrose. He's built from Cincinnati. <laughs> what do you want to do? Well, damn, pal. <laughs> And have an uprising from Cincinnati. <laughs> an uprising. <laughs> lose. You know, every Monday he's asking for the list of who's, you know, who, who, which wrestlers are from that hometown that day. But to segue <laughs> us, we get to the Usos who are in the main event tonight. And I don't recall this. And Jax, I'm sure Jax is probably yeah. floating around tonight in, in the chat. And Jax backed me up on Twitter. He corrected me. The Usos are in the main event tonight. They build them in the ring announcement from San Francisco, where they're at tonight. I know San Fran has a very, I know the the, the wrestling Samoan uh, population has a, a history in the Bay Area, so I know that. But I can, I never recalled the Usos being vocally verbalized as from the Bay Area. I always just figure they're, you know, they're Samoan, and you know, we know they live in Florida like everybody else does. And they, tonight they said they're from San Francisco, California. And I went, well, that's an interesting choice. They're supposed to be the heels going to this main event tonight. And we decide to, you know, verbally remind everybody they're, they're the hometown team. I don't know. That was weird to me. It's funny you said that because I saw that on Twitter too. And I thought the same thing. I, was, I didn't realize they were from San Francisco. When they said it, it sounded weird. Uh, maybe I just never noticed, but it was weird that I guess we both heard it this time too. Was- same. I might have missed it. And if I missed it, I am just not a good WWE podcaster reporter. <laughs> no, I mean they're definitely they're definitely from San Francisco. Um, yeah, Rikishi, it's it's well known that right, he, he lived right. out there, and so right. Um, yeah, but yeah, but where do they usually say they're from? I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know, but it just it, it sounded new. When yeah, like started. I thought they just built them from the USO Penitentiary, or <laughs> yeah, but, right. That's, I, I, I don't. I, I can never pinpoint a location. I mean. We, we you know, what's again? If you follow anything, if you follow TMZ, you know they're <laughs> they live in Florida. Yeah. Um, I never associated San Francisco with the team. Yeah. David Montalvo bringing up the Usos are from San Francisco. They went to Balboa High School. I live not too far from where they grew up. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not. I I, I don't doubt that they they were from San Francisco. It's just oh, they, I don't yeah. remember them ever saying it. Either. Yeah. To Justin's point, uh, I think like, and it's weird that they would do it this week when they're they're the heels. heels. That's what I mean. I was like, I was so baffled. I made a big note on my notes here, and I was like, Am I am I missing? If I've been that out of tune, have I missed something? (laughs) Do they usually even say anymore where wrestlers are from when they do their only announcements? Only if it benefits the character. Yeah, you know, Drew McIntyre lives in Florida. They will always say Air Scotland to emphasize his Scottish roots. Right. Yeah. Um, trying to think of another one offhand. They'll all, you know, yeah. ha- half the wrestlers live in Florida. You, know, you have warm right. weather year round. They will go right. with the billing town that, you know, or uh, go back to Brit. Go back to home. You know, Brit lives in Florida. They, they always Brit is always from Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh. You know, right. you, the the billing of a character is the origin of the character. It's not necessarily where they are right. <laughs> paying their taxes and laying their head at night. So that's why, again, when I heard San Francisco for the Usos, I'm like, I don't even think they ever bill them from that. I, I always thought it was just 
Uso Penitentiary or just don't even, you know, from the Isle of Samoa or just don't even give a location at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like where they where did they build Brock Lesnar from? I don't think they do like Saskatchewan, Canada. Like maybe still Minneapolis. Gosh, I can't oh. even Yeah, he's never Canadian. Right. No. <laughs> I remember when I saw him on the UFC thing when they had the Canadian flag next to him. I'm like, he's not Canadian. <laughs> what's this what's this <laughs> rubbish here? <laughs> um but uh so in any case, yeah, we have a match up here. We have a, a, a main event. And uh, geography aside, sorry. Yeah. No, it's it 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 interesting because, yeah, you said that. And I was like, yeah, I didn't realize it either. But I think, they, <laughs> Raj, I think they did say Uso Penitentiary. penitentiary, penitentiary. Yeah, that kind of sounds like. Uh, yeah. Uh, but in any case, yeah. So the the as we all would have expected, eventually the two good guys, they can't get along and it costs them the match. And the Usos beat him up. Eventually, the good guys get control again. And Drew is kind of last one standing with a big knot on his forehead yeah. by the end of the show. Uh, and he's kind of the last man standing, kind of gets the upper hand this week between the two. Um, I, I think kind of to, to Justin's point at the beginning of the show, felt sort of like a middle-of-the-road show uh, a few weeks out from a, a pay-per-view. But uh, for the ending I thought of the show, I thought it did what it was supposed to do built the tension uh any kind of thoughts on this one Rob? again i hate when you spend that much time uh and then it's a dq or a count out at the end and and the two biggest matches on the show both were had no no finish you know with uh with this and then the women's match so i i just think it's a waste of time i they're and this story they've just done the same angle so many times in the past that it's just not interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, what I said earlier, kind of a throwaway. We're in this purgatory. We got to get the crown jewel. We got to get the rosters to reset and the draft takes effect. You know, um, yeah, you know, no Damien Priest tonight. Uh, no, no carrying cross experiment tonight. So th- again, just kind of a, Purgatory episode is what I'm going to label this as. Yeah, Raj, to, to Raj's point too, especially if the you know the Biggie and Drew McIntyre, if they're not going to get a win anyways, like they're supposed to lose this match. And I think a clean loss would have been okay, especially since they were messing with each other and kind of tagging themselves in and not helping each other out. I don't think a loss would have really hurt anyone. And losing to the tag team champions isn't like a big loss either. So it was a bummer to your to your point. It was a bummer to have it be sort of a a non finish. Well, I don't think they should have beaten either of those guys right now. Drew, he's supposed to be feuding with Roman soon enough, so I feel like, and he's probably going to be losing to Biggie, so he probably shouldn't take a loss. I think Biggie just won the title. I wouldn't. I don't think you should beat your world champion so soon after they win. I think they should have beat the Usos. It was a non title match. Uh, they could have just got the win, but um, yeah. I, and, and yeah, there was no carrying across to your point uh, on main event this week. It's T Bar against Drew Gulak and John Morrison against Angel Garza. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No Damian Priest though, so maybe he had the week off or who knows. But um, weird pace show, as I said at the beginning. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of stuff that I on its own i outright didn't like it just the whole show fell off to me though i don't this episode 
I don't know, just the whole time felt very weirdly paced and put together. Um, any kind of final thoughts on it, you guys, before we uh, put a bow on it? That's like the harshest criticism you've ever given. <laughs> <laughs> the worst episode ever! <laughs> they are slowly dragging Jack down. <laughs> it this. happened. It happened to Glenn, too. Glenn used to be the optimist. <laughs> this, this is the ultimate barometer. <laughs> Jack is being grabbed by his luscious, volumed nice hair and they are pulling him down to a Rajanized level of what the hell yeah I mean this was one of those episodes you you missed it you didn't miss anything um, yeah yeah this is where the three hours really kicks you out when you're like wow I spent three hours yeah it wasn't bad there was nothing well there was just again the two biggest matches didn't have finishes so that kind of sucked but but that's that's the real telling thing, right? You said if he didn't watch, he missed anything. Like that's the telling thing. And I, you know, I'll here a little transparency for people. Here's my notes. Not even. <laughs> not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be. You know, this is not even a full page of like just opinions or things that come to me as I'm watching Raw. Mm-hmm. When I watch AEW, and granted, I have to I have to do Jack's role with mm-hmm. with Alfred. I have to host, so I need to have a little bit more detail. I am three, four, five pages, but it's a lot of it is because there is so much to dive into of what is affecting things, what happened, whatever. Like you could not watch Raw, and then you could you know tune out for three, four, five weeks, come back, and it's not a lot to catch up on. That is a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. Um, it's always funny to me on these nights when I'm on the, uh, analyst role and Jack is leading the ship and Jack, you do a great job at, I appreciate it. Yeah, and I just have to just jump in and just answer Jack's questions or, 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 you know, argue with Raj. <laughs> All I need to have is opinions. I don't need to have, you know, I don't need to have anything more. I can't write that much about raw. I just don't have that much. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, what the hell? I don't have that much to say. It's like, uh, what is that's bad. Raw. I mean, and it, but there's no sign of it changing. If it's going to remain three hours, which as long as you're getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars, why would it change? I, I don't see where there's any light at the end of the tunnel here. Yeah, I, th- I think the only real takeaway from this episode that that, that really would have a lot, like, will have a lasting impact is Mansoor and Ali broke up, and Austin Theory got a win. Outside of that, I, you know, Lashley's promo was fine, but I don't think it really it, – it's kind of just, yeah, they're still going to have a match. And Bianca, Banks, and uh, Flair and uh, Lynch, not really – like nothing really came of that. It was just kind of a big kerfuffle, uh, if I'm using that word right. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Yeah, the, I think those were the only two things that really had anything that was like, oh, that might lead to something else is those two things. Yeah. Uh, Jax Callen's uh, pointing out, Labar, you are correct. I went back through many Uso entrances over the years, and they don't say San Francisco, just the weight and Usos. Yeah. Thank you, Jax. Yeah. Jax, our re- he's, he's, he's working overtime as our researcher. For this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that I think that does it for us. We've uh, we've stayed our hour. Uh, 
thank you guys, everyone in the chat for watching along. Thank you for everyone who's listening. Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, make sure to tune in tomorrow for the NXT after show. Make sure to there's not going to be one on Wednesday for Dynamite because right. there is no Dynamite. Uh, there is also going to be one for SmackDown and Rampage, and I'm sure that one's going to be fiery this week. So <laughs> definitely tune in to that one. Uh, but as always, keep keep your eye on Wrestling Inc. Uh, you can follow them at Wrestling Inc. on Twitter for all of the news. That's the best place to go for all your wrestling news, and it's just constant these days. Uh, but that does it for me. I'm Jack Farmer. He's Justin LaBar. He's Raj Geary. Uh, tune in tomorrow for NXT's After Show right here on Wrestling Inc.